Hello and welcome back to the What's Life podcast with me, Jamie White. And me, Rob Smith. Right, Rob, so the IPCC, or the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, have released their latest assessment, and in summary, we are fucked. Um, so, so, obviously it's in, inequivocal that, um, unequivocal, sorry, that humans are the cause of global warming. Um, and obviously the report has gone over some major factors. So one of the things that was quite important is that before, in most of the reports, methane was a very low-level sort of thing, or at least it was made out to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, CO2 was the big the big driver of uh, global warming, and obviously we produce a lot of CO2. Uh, but obviously methane has now come into the question, uh, which is not like the case that we didn't know that methane was a, a factor before. It's just more so now that methane has been put a bit in the spotlight as um, I think we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? What was yeah. the issue with methane before? It was something that sort of it disperses quickly, but it's I can't remember <clears throat> if you could just well, I think uh, it's, touch on it. It has um, it, its properties are that it um, it's a much uh, more efficient driver of um, of retaining um, energy, you know, in the atmosphere um, and retaining heat in the atmosphere. I think that was the key point. It's 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 significantly smaller proportion of the greenhouse gases but it's i think it's something like eight times more or maybe maybe more than that i haven't got the figures in front of me but it is um it, it, it's its properties are basically that it, it can it can hit you know lead to global warming on a, on a much more rapid um uh, time frame compared to co2 um, but the you know the uh, mitigating factor is that it doesn't it's not retained in the atmosphere for as long i think i think i think it's something like 100 years um whereas uh, you know i think co2 is something like a thousand years or it, it depends obviously uh, and, yeah. and at certain levels but the point is that co2 is there for a much longer time um methane is not uh, but it but it but it it, um, it, it, it you know it catalyzes the you know the warming process that much more so i think it's probably more there's more more focus on it increasingly particularly as it's driven by um, animal agriculture um, and, it, and it, yeah, so it's 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 that's the reason it's coming to focus really yeah that would be on your uh, gravestone by the way so i don't have the figures with me <laughs> <laughs> it's like every episode don't have the figures with me um, yeah but this and, and this is where this sort of this argument's coming in a bit more about this uh, sort of veganism and the environment isn't it so i think regardless mm. of where people stand on the moral um front of whether you know animals have sentience and things like that mm. like you need a bill to think that yeah. oh well something that's not a human being without a yeah. voice um but it doesn't feel pain obviously um but without that argument coming into play it's, it's, the, it's the environmental factor now isn't it so obviously you, yeah we were having a discussion earlier and we were talking about a uh, cowspiracy mm. uh, which is something you've watched something i haven't actually watched but there, there's a lot of sort of talk around the amount of methane that cows produce because obviously in terms of livestock quantity you're looking at i think it's something like 58 billion animals get slaughtered every year yeah, um, and when you compare that to the size of the population, I mean those those populations are only that vast because of human demand, aren't they? Really? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, were there any sort of key points you could pull out from cowspiracy? 
which I believe was a Netflix thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, uh, very good documentary. I I haven't watched it recently, but yeah, I mean, it does go into a lot of detail, particularly looking. um, uh, You know, its focus is is on on um, cat on obviously as it suggests cows, um, uh, and and the um, you know the increasing industrialization of um animal agriculture but in particular the way that um uh, you know cows are intensively farmed um the way that they're fed the the grain that they're fed um the way that this produces uh, you know excessive amounts of methane through through the the process that they they obviously chew and and, and you know regurgitate the the they chew the cud so um they, they produce a lot of methane th- simply through the process of of um actually um you know uh, digesting the food um yeah and and i think that was the key point really it, 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 some of the um recent work has been to talk, try to find alternatives for feeding cattle which will produce and release uh smaller amounts of, of greenhouse gas but you know ideally i think what what we want is to see a, a complete transition away from animal agriculture in general and certainly the you know this mass scale um industrialized uh, farming intensive farming of um of, of cattle um, because the welfare issue i mean it's huge as well the the conditions that they're farmed in i mean not not so much perhaps in the uk um although there's plenty you could talk about there but when you go look at how they do it in other countries the united states um brazil um you know brazil in particular you know it's a double whammy there because not only are they um you know farming a huge uh number of cattle um and exporting all over the world but they're clearing the rainforest to do it so um you've you've got the increase in uh production of methane and you've got the destruction of the rainforest which is one of the main carbon sinks um you know on the planet so you know there's there's two two great reasons there why um we should transition away from that but uh no i think that was the main takeaway from it really it's just a vicious cycle, isn't it, really? And this is the thing, is that I think people don't realise how important the ecosystem we have is in, in netting all this sort of... Um, best way to describe it, just this, this bad sort of um, gases and stuff that we're releasing into the atmosphere. Mm. And obviously, something like the Amazon rainforest, for example, I think the... Um, what's the guy from Brazil? What's his name? The, uh, what, Bolsonaro? The around Brazil. Yeah. That dickhead. Um, he he's basically he's just selling it off um, two to the dime, isn't he? Really. So yeah. he's just uh, oh, I don't care what you do with the rainforest; it's fine. This is the same man that denied COVID. Same man that denies probably global warming. Like Trump, obviously Trump couldn't give a toss. Biden's yeah. obviously in now, but whether that's going to accelerate anything, I mean, I think the UK done a report, for example, and our spending to combat climate change is zero point zero one percent of our GDP. And you certainly think about it, and it's like. We're actually hosting the COP, aren't we? We're hosting the uh, event to talk about climate change. Yeah. And the irony is not only that we're probably spending the least on it, but the irony is is that we're actually travelling by plane to talk to these countries <laughs> about <laughs> climate change. And yeah. it's like it's ridiculous. So I think when it comes to this debate, you get you you've got a lot of debates around veganism and vegetarianism and things like that. But I think really it's coming to that point now where it's getting to that that push to shove where 
it's not about really your moral standing it's about um it's about your sort of care for for the planet isn't it it's the mm-hmm. environmental factor really that more than anything so even if you genuinely think well do you know this cow i could i could stab it and it would feel nothing mm-hmm. um and that's fine and that's your belief ultimately um you eating and consuming this meat is what is actually now becoming a point where um you're, you're a problem you are part of the yeah. problem so you know and that is basically what this report has been speaking about and it's not it's not like it's a shock and people are sat there and they're going oh my god humans cause global mm. warming unbelievable and it's like well i think we're the only a- animals or species in the food chain that have something called supply and demand Mm. And our demand is massive and anyone's happy to supply that demand. So I think a lot of a lot of the issues that are coming up now is that you've got this sort of I, I don't know how to describe it. I think this 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 overconsumption, but this this sort of almost hyper convenience, isn't it, of everything. So yeah. everyone wants everything now. Everyone uh, like you know, a good example actually is these zero waste shops. So people are like, you know, you talk about these zero waste shops, people are like, Oh, I haven't got time for that. <laughs> it's like what, going into a shop putting some nuts into a, a mm. container as opposed to get them in a plastic bag, taking what you need as opposed to what you get. Yeah. Um, and it's and people don't see the point of it. And it's like, you know, there's amount of times that I've gone to a, a shop, I've gone to a supermarket, I go in there and there's three peppers in a plastic wrap for no reason. Yeah. Um, and I grab my three peppers because it's cheaper for some reason to buy the peppers in a plastic bag packaging than it is to buy them not being in packaging, loose. Yeah, um, and I think to myself, I only need one pepper for the recipe, um, and I get home, and then I might not find something to do with the other peppers, and then I just chuck the other peppers in a food waste bin. Um, not obviously straight away. I'm not like an animal. I don't just think I need one. <laughs> but I've made my made, made my savings, chuck the rest off. Yeah. Um, but it's like it's it's this kind of thing, isn't it? It's this hyper convenience. So like I walked around Asda the other day, and I saw this wonderful thing where, you know, you could buy a bag, a kill kilogram bag of potatoes or two and a half kilogram bag of potatoes for i think say like one pounds fifty alternatively you could pay a little bit less and get about 400 grams of peeled potatoes and yeah. that is the level of convenience we're at it's this it's this marketing isn't it that yeah that nothing is convenient unless it's done for you um and that's the problem i think is that when people start a lot of people i think think that they're going above their means so i think the big thing is as well is that one of the things that hasn't changed a lot is the sort of working sort of um what's the best way of describing it it's basically like how how work has been is that everyone works 37 and a half hours a week that's full time now a full time week you can't you can't squeeze shit into a full time week i mean i come home i pretty much i go to work i i go I maybe go shopping i cook i eat i go to sleep that's pretty much it like the day's done and I think mm. that's a lot of the issue is that people look for convenience because that working day or that working week hasn't changed. So you haven't got a lot of flexibility. So and the thing is, you find even a lot of people do say, and I think you have to, you, you reach a certain point And yes, this is true that maybe, yes, like, you know, more money you're on, less work you do. But I think there is a point as well where some people are getting paid big money and their life just never stops. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I've got a nanny for the kids because I can't can't look after the kids and all things like that. And I think the issue of that is that if you have no add no convenience to someone's week or you're basically pushing them always always to be right everything is last minute cooking is last minute dinner's last minute um washing your clothes you do that in the evening things like that 
um, you get to the point where you kind of take people's ability to sort of have this uh, freedom to do things in a bit more of a, a, a less convenient way. So, you know, like the fact that I could go to a zero waste shop and I could grab my, um, you know, I could grab, for instance, like my oat milk. If it was in a big, just say like a big sort of uh, cylindrical thing, you could you could pour it out of it and pour out what you need. I could go and do all this stuff and I could measure things out as much as I need and things like that. And the convenience would be there. I wouldn't be taking more than what I needed and things like that, and I wouldn't be using any packaging. But mm. the issue is, is that that takes longer than going to a supermarket and grabbing it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have this obsession where it's sort of like um, the more you can get for your money, whether you're going to use it or not, it's, it's irrelevant. It's the more you get for your money. So if I go in and I think, well, I need three potatoes, but that's going to cost me 15p a potato, or I could spend a pound... And I could get a whole bag of potatoes. Well, I'm going to get a whole bag of potatoes, whether I use yeah, them or not. Yeah. And th- that, that is the issue. And I think, you know, going back earlier to the fact that, you know, uh, regardless of people's diets, the fact that 58 billion animals were slaughtered in a year. I think the, the key takeaway from that is that you've got a population of 7 billion people. And there's constantly mm-hmm. this drilling of there's not enough food, there's not enough food. It's like, well, there is enough food. It's just mm. that there's obviously some countries, mainly westernised countries... That are wasting it, um, and I think this is the issue, isn't it? It's this, it's this sl- supply and demand issue, and this this constant idea that hyper convenience is the way forward, and uh, the more convenient you make something, the more you can market it. And I think that's humanity sort of lost its touch, really. Um, no one wants to do anything the easy way, uh, no, sorry, the hard way. Everyone wants to do anything the easy way, uh, but no one wants to do anything the hard way or, or put more time into something than they have to. And I think that's that's where the main sort of factors are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we see it a lot, don't we? And uh, obviously, without disclosing where we work, we work in retail <laughs> and electronic, electronics specifically. And, and you find that the amount of waste, isn't it, is just yeah. unbearable. Like the, the amount of, uh, yeah, but without going into it, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And, uh, and it is definitely a human issue. And I think, mm-hmm. um, I mean, have you got anything you want to sort of add? Because I feel like, obviously, I don't know if you want to add anything to the well, fact the, of sort of like this convenience and consumption. Look, you're right about the, the convenience um, thing. And I think it, it's where how have these changes come about. That's the thing. Because if you went, went back, um, you know, if I think back, you know, you know, to when I was younger, people, they, they did even then. Um, I think lots of things were similar, you know, um, I, I, I'm not that old, but you know, even when wow. I think back, to, <laughs> when I think, oh, yeah, I'm thinking back to the eighties, you know, when I was, a, when I was, when I was a, in my teens or whatever, uh, but then people had, you know, uh, from my observation, you know, completely different patterns to today. I'm not saying this is a very much a generalization, isn't it? Because we talk about convenience and you can imagine the sort of people I mean, you, you know, the kind of people who, who, you know, always go and buy a sandwich or a lunch and then, and then have to pop to Tesco's at the end of the day to, to get something for, for dinner. And it's, you know, it's, and it's that kind of convenience, isn't it? Um, but in terms of planning your, your weekly meals, um, I'm, I'm sure, uh, there's still plenty of people who do it, but increasingly, as you say, um, people are not doing that and and are relying on on just going and grabbing something it's not you know no way no way is that the most efficient way for a start it's it's not the cheapest way um and it does mean that you're you're sort of you know you've had to spend that time um going to the supermarket and then deciding what you want so that's eating into your time outside of work already isn't it so you've gone to the supermarket you've 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 gone out you know even if you go in there real quick even if you know what you want you're still you're still doing an extra journey 
um, an extra an extra chore really uh, in your day, which you you wouldn't otherwise have to do if you'd done your shopping once a week and you'd already got your meals planned out. And, and I don't think that you know it's anywhere near as common now um, as it was. I mean, certainly, like, like I say, when I was when I was younger, I would have thought it was quite unusual for people to be going out um you know on a daily basis and doing a little bit of shopping for whatever they want for dinner they people would shop once a week uh, and you know takeaways and things like that <laughs> people just didn't well you didn't have you know you you didn't have the, the, the same options available anyway um there would probably be one place if at all in your local town that would have done any any kind of delivery service and that's so different today isn't it you've got bikes zipping around everywhere um taking people stuff you know dinner time lunch time any time of the day so things have changed so much in that way and and so i think you hit the nail on the head it's all about convenience um now and that's very much uh you know it, it, it's seen as, as 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 positive by um by the people who make decisions because that's that's a growth area in your, you know they, they, they would simply see the expansion of delivery services as, as, as a growth area in the economy um and because everything is so growth orientated um the downsides of that whether they be social or the environment uh, environmental impacts are always sort of seen as secondary to uh, the fact that you know it's, it's offering something consumers want uh it's generating uh revenue and profit and so on and it's therefore uh, boosting the economy and that all-important gdp figure so uh, that uh, and that and i think that mindset until that mindset of um the people who are in in government and and that and it you know i don't think it's really i mean even even you know um when jeremy corbyn was leader um he hadn't made any pledges to to replace gdp as being the kind of main kpi as it were of uh, you know of the success of of uk plc um so whichever government you go I mean, it's certainly not going to be the case with starmer either whichever government you vote for you're you're basically voting for the same kind of policy in the end um you know and as much as they like to um give lip service to you know climate whenever these kind of reports come out that's all it is in the end because their policies don't really reflect that um i was i was looking uh and reading a little bit about uh or refreshing myself really on on jacinda arden and her government in new zealand and in 2019 uh, they decided that they didn't want to use um gdp as the main measure of the success of their country anymore and they decided that instead they would look at effectively a happiness index and well-being index um and and look to use those sort of measures as ways of judging the success of the nation so w whether it be health or mental health or other aspects of well-being you know um services and so on that would be the measure of success um and and part of that obviously was thinking around um the climate so if you're if you're if your economy is geared up for um just aiming for as much growth as possible every year uh that that inevitably means that you're it well and under under the current system under things as they are that's gonna that's gonna work against anything you try to do any policies you have um connected to um you know the climate climate crisis uh 
yeah, I mean, you, you, there are things to be said about the way that the government are looking at investing in, in, in green industries and obviously, um, uh, you know, non, non-fossil fuel industries, um, electric for cars and things like that. Um, but by and large, you know, if, if, you're, if the whole, you know, aim... Uh, you know that you have your your main economic policy the aim is to promote unlimited amounts of growth um it's not sustainable it just isn't sustainable so it's the it's the fundamental model that is that that is i think everything derived you know sort of cascades down from that really yeah well that is it capitalism is the the unlimited exploitation of resources isn't it really everything have an economic value so it's quite interesting because when you see you know everyone always says like especially this pandemic listen to the scientists listen to the scientists listen to the scientists listen to the doctors scientists are saying well you know we're on a teetering edge this is code red and they're going hmm well how much is that worth to us is that going to result in a loss in our economy or do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and, it, and it's this weird thing because I think there was a, a news article I saw the other day I can't, I can't remember who wrote it um, I don't think it was a raggy paper. It was uh, someone who sort of like had a bit of moral standing, um, and the government apparently looking to open a coal mine, uh, mm. a new coal mine. There's been That's agreement right, yeah. or something, and it's like, why? Wh- how that that defeats the point? <laughs> Just no fossil fuels is the problem, and they're like, well, one more won't hurt, will it? We're already yeah. there. It's sort of like this thing, isn't it? It's like you know, the, you know, the Jenga tower is going to fall, but we, we pull the extra piece because it's fine. It's going to fall anyway. Um, yeah. And this is the thing. I think humanity undoing itself because of some bullshit system where it's like basically, oh well, here's a figure on a screen, and this is your life depends on this. Everything depends on this. And I mean, this. I mean, the government in this country wouldn't dream of doing what New Zealand done, as you mentioned earlier, it's happiness indicator. Happiness is dependent on your bloody input. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's uh, and that's sort of like the idea, isn't it? It's like you know, you get people sat there and they're praising themselves. Oh, I've worked forty-five hours this week. It's like you're a moron. Yeah. Like, what, what? Why should you? Why should you have to work forty-five hours a week yeah. to pay and sustain yourself? And it's this, it's this thing, isn't it? It's this, this exploitation of resources, and it will never mm. end. And it's like you get these people that sit here and they go. So recently, the boss of Boohoo. It's a prime example. So the boss of Boohoo comes along and he says, um, well, we're going to be sustainable by 2030. It's like, well, 2030 is too long, mate. Mm. And he's trying to justify the fact. He's saying, well, actually, no, we, we don't make fast fashion. We, we, you know, we're not part of the problem. We, you know, we make good, sustainable clothing. And it gets more and more sustainable every year. So like, what is sustainable about selling clothes for £3 a pop? Mm. Like, there is nothing sustainable about that. That's just constant. You get people come along. And I think the best way I describe Boohoo as a company is they make shit quality clothes that have the correct aesthetic so they're really good for people maybe who want to like model something and be like look at this outfit but that out that is a one-off that is it you you spent your three yeah. quid four quid whatever you got a whole outfit goes in the bin or it gets returned then it goes to some bloody landfill site or something <laughs> there's no way that you're telling me that, that that boohoo makes sustainable clothes and i think this is the this is the issue isn't it is that all you know it's it's a vicious cycle because it is companies but it's also people so it's this constant cycle of well people want have the demand businesses have the supply goes back to the demand demand grows supply gets Mm. bigger and you know and it's one of these things where ultimately no matter where you purchase from there's no such thing as um you know um it's like ethics isn't it when they say like oh you know we have a very ethical supply chain you're telling Mm. me that all your gold for example for your components is sourced ethically i don't believe that like 
there's no way it, it's, and it's you not find a lot of the places <laughs> no exactly and it, you find a lot of the places that are abundant in these resources are usually either war-torn or you know third world or you know they're just there to exploit the resources and and this is the problem is that as soon as humanity put this economic value on everything it then mm. always becomes a question of well what's it worth do you know what i mean so global warming oh you want to fight global warming well that's going to cost us trillions of pounds worth of investment trillions of pounds or humanity thriving and living on in the future trillions mm. of pounds or well i'll tell you what i'll pick i'll pick the uh i'll pick well you'd pick the investment wouldn't you really but they they wouldn't and that's the thing is it's yeah. this question of what are you willing to sacrifice and and really it's sort of like um it's, it's trying to get people more clued up as well because i think a lot of the responses you get and i think you'll recognize this as a typical response so someone might may come in and you and you know you talk to them and they throw some rubbish on the floor and you go oh you know plastic will be take 450 years to degrade and they go don't worry mate i won't be around for that not my yes. problem yeah all right all right fine so you just vanish into the bloody ether and it's fine and then it will just stay there and rot and then you know how many generations of fam it will be in your family by the time that thing's like decomposed you know <laughs> i mean it's it's ridiculous and yeah. people don't think about it because i think it's this idea of not seeing isn't it it's like you know, uh, toilet waste. You don't see it. It just you press a you press a button, and then it disappears. It vanishes. Or like yeah. you know, like food waste or recycling. You just put in a thing. You you go to sleep at night and you think, well, I'm so glad that I recycled my my wrapper, and uh, I'm sure that something good is happening to it. And you don't know where it's going. Could be going landfill. Could be going to recycling center. Might not be used. Might be used. You know, like there's. I think there was uh, something before where there's certain packaging that says it's recyclable. But it's the colour that's the problem. So, for example, I think it's something like if it's clear packaging, they find it a lot easier to repurpose. If it's yeah. something like brown packaging or, or it's got a special colour to it, they usually don't recycle it because it's not as easy to repurpose. You know, people are like, oh, my God, you want to put my mushrooms in a red pot? Unbelievable. Mm. I'm not having it. Yeah. Um, and I think this is this is the main issue, isn't it? It's this, there's a lot of things that need to change, but it's whether humanity is ready for the change. Mm. Um, but sort of going back to this report, what we're looking at is obviously there's that there's this constant talk about this one one point five degree threshold, isn't there? Um, yeah. And if we put in the effort, which let's be honest, not likely um, to well, I mean, let's try to be hopeful. Maybe depends on uh, what the incentive is, doesn't it? You know, like mm. living. Um, but basically. If we can put in this effort, we can get we can stop this 1.5 degree threshold being hit. Mm. Um, the chances are that basically the effects will reverse. It won't be immediate, but there will be a stabilisation of uh, warming, and the Earth, Mother Nature, will sort itself out as it always has mm. done. Um, but obviously, as usual, we come along and we uh, kick the fucking bucket over, and we're like, "Well, <laughs> sort that out, Mother Nature." Um, and but this is the thing isn't it it's it's what it's worth to people and i think people always look for an incentive as to as to why something should work and it's this whole um it's this sort of devolution isn't it where humanity seems to not humanity doesn't work well together anymore it does in some circumstances but it's not like the same like where things were dependent on people being in a community and things like that. it's very much this sort of idea especially in westernized countries where it's, mm -hmm. it's every man for himself isn't it um yeah and I think this goes back a lot to Thatcher as well, wasn't it? This crushing of mm. community and 
and you know especially things like you see over recent years of like you know like youth clubs being shut down in the uk and sort of the less and less emphasis on teamwork it's sort of like well where do you want to see mm. yourself in nine years it's like well where do you want to see us do you know what i mean mm, um yeah and, and it's, it's very much um you know you you get people now and i find it bizarre that they they can say like oh well i don't care about global warming and you think you d- why don't you you've got kids and they're like ah but you know they won't be around for it either so you don't worry about your your kids 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 do you know what i mean yeah. and it's like it's this idea isn't it that you exist in this moment you must seize it um but it doesn't matter if other people exist or not because you've had your shot do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. um and I mean, it's just a bizarre situation, and I, I I don't exactly know what the resolution will be, other than it's just really just it's chaos, isn't it? Really, it's mm. um, you're trying to get people to not consume as much, but demand continuously increases, and it's just um, it's a hard one, isn't it? It's a hard one to resolve. Yeah, I think I mean we need to move back. Uh, you know, the, the things have moved, as you say, um, inevitably uh, since that's just shifted. Um, towards very much you know individualist um, kind of uh, way of thinking that 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 most people now have um, which which is about you know um, you know you you it, it's it's hard to sort of uh, talk about it without without using the word, the word the word selfish and greed but I mean ultimately that that well, is that I mean that is the the, the thing you, you have to look at um things in in perspective and and you look at way the ways that you know other people live and and live happy lives and and they they don't they don't necessarily uh and quite often you know don't at all um you know get happiness from from the acquisition uh, of wealth and material objects and uh, things like that um and and i think it's because it's so ingrained you know into us um you know wanting to have new things all the time like like you say about the, about the fast um fashion um which they're trying to Just defend they're, they're, try, they're trying they're trying to defend and when you talk about garments that people are going to wear a couple of times i mean the, the whole the whole um I mean, I mean, I had no idea that the, the pricing was so low on them as well that you're describing. I mean, that's that's insane, isn't it? How does? I mean, how, for Christ's sake, Poundland has a clothing shop now, Rob. Poundland, yeah. Pepco. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're you're just based. They're just basically making things for people to just consume and throw away, aren't they? I mean, it's it's dreadful. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I'm, I lost my thread a little bit there, but. Um, no, and and yeah, the, no, you're right, and this is this is the thing, isn't it? And we need to sort of somehow find um, uh, ways to sort of um, uh, to 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 move people away and 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 to to think more about about what actually matters in life, and and obviously having a a, a thriving, healthy um, community um, and and one where we're not, uh, you know having millions of people um living blighted lives because of because of the effects of climate change i mean we 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 might be the lucky ones here in 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 our enclaves in in britain i mean and and obviously many many people on this island will be affected as well but by and large we'll probably get away with a lot of the um at least if things don't go full apocalyptic that is but let's say that you know even if we're a little late somehow they do make those targets um 
things start to stabilize but there will be permanent effects you know once they've reached these thresholds so and and that's and that's going to affect you know millions and millions of people um no question about it but are people really thinking about that and are, are they not just thinking well no, but I like my life like it is. I don't. I don't want to make these changes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I also, I think, thing. I think also, and that's the other thing as well. Though, is the conversation shouldn't always be about uh, what do individuals do. So it should be trying to think about uh, a collect, uh, acting collectively, um, and that has to come through politics, and it has to come through, uh, you know, actually voting for the leaders who are going to make these changes. That's the other thing. Um, I mean, you're not going to get that if you're going to vote for parties like the Conservative Party. They, they say this is going to pay lip service to it. They're not going to make the changes that need to be made. Yeah, it's this, it's this constant facade with the Conservatives, isn't it? It's like uh, like the policing thing is a prime example. Uh, we're going to get 20,000 bobbies back on the beat. And it's like, well, you're just making up for what you already got rid of. Like this mm. is it's the same thing with this um with you know when they talk about climate change like they they say we're going to produce all these wind farms or whatever and then they sit there and go oh we're opening a coal mine well that completely fucking defeats the point Boris do you know what I mean You're, uh, what the hell is going through these people's heads and it's yeah. like this amount the the lobbying in any country because obviously there's a sort of illusion that if you're in a westernized country where there's no corruption is there it's just just good old-fashioned business isn't it yeah it's business is normal so do you, do you know about the coal mine in- by the way do you know about the coal mine the, the justification for that uh, this is another God. this is this is another another brexit one really because um the issue oh. is that they they require the the coal to to um process it into coke because coke is used in in steel making so because we've we know we're, we we we've got our we've got our sovereignty back haven't we um yeah. you know we've also we also need to therefore be self-sufficient in certain things because we've burnt our bridges uh, in various places and we don't want to be reliant on other countries I and mean, maybe it's not a bad thing in, in and of itself but yeah the reason they're the reason they're saying that they're opening this coal mine is because we want to be self-sufficient in in our ability to continue to make steel in the uk and and have our own supply of coke which is used in the process of making steel so that's supposedly the justification for it but on the on the point of the um on, on the t- you know the the tories as well i don't know if you came across the story um this week in fact uh, which was uh basically saying i mean it, it was it was a leaked um story uh, coming out of number 10 or number 11 but the apparently the uh, the treasury are, are are basically putting a block on the the the, the sort of spending plans um that uh the, the prime minister had for um for tackling climate change and basically saying because of the pandemic it's now too expensive again it just shows that oh, they they so. yeah <laughs> that for all they talk about this being a, an emergency i mean there was a vote in parliament to uh where where they they not they didn't unanimously but they they voted through a motion saying this is a climate emergency um but then you've got an example like that where um i mean i mean the, the Yes, the, the, obviously the government have had to spend big um, to tackle the pandemic. But in actual fact, a lot of the a lot of the money raised, um, in fact, doesn't need to be paid back and hasn't affected the national debt. But you can see already there's a narrative being created there, and now apparently, uh, even even the modest amounts comparatively that we're in, you know, we we were saying we were going to spend to, ta- to tackle climate change. Apparently, even that's too much now, and you can see there's there's just the more austerity around the corner, basically. 
So, so they're at the COP, and UK is meant to be setting the example, and they're going to be set talking to everyone who climate change, biggest code red, blah, blah, blah. And he's going to have all these scientists come up, and then they're going to say, right, and what are you committing to? Well, we're skint. <laughs> and it's like, oh, right, okay. So you're not committing any money to, to making this pair? No, absolutely skint. I've checked the coppers, none. Nothing yeah. there. It, it's um, such and, a and it's load of bullshit as well because because we we're, we're a sovereign nation. We've got our own um, we've got our own um, uh, currency, our own our own um, you know national bank. Um, you know we can we we can quite easily um, li- quite literally print the money if we need to. Uh, that's that's the whole. Surely that was part of the point of Brexit as well. That you know we we want to be an independent sovereign nation well we are we're not dependent on the ecb or, or, or anything like that we, we can literally do whatever we want so all this nonsense about you know uh, we can't afford this and that it, it's rubbish it's just rubbish well i mean they just need to raise the uh, dartford tunnel crossing price don't they? <laughs> it makes, it makes them money more than it does wouldn't it already yeah. um, but yeah in all seriousness obviously the the main thing is is that no one can hide from it. You can't sit there and say, oh, I'm not to blame. I'm not the problem. I buy bloody organic toilet roll or whatever. I buy bamboo toothbrushes. You're all part of the problem in some way. We all are. Um, and I think it's just about taking things a bit more seriously and making your own individual commitments, really. Um, obviously, businesses will make their changes through what will probably be legislation. Um, but I think having this idea that it's like, oh, well, oh, it's okay. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's all right. We've got another 10 years. So, no, you haven't got 10 years. Mm. You've, got, you've, got, you've got no time. <laughs> it's time to make changes. Um, the same with businesses where they're sort of like sort of putting their foot on the gas, but sort of not at the same time. So they're sort of like, oh, well, we're going to do it. And it's, oh, fantastic. Yeah, by 2030. So what do you, why do you need? You don't need time. You know, you've just got a big corporate change. You know what I mean? Just go mm. up to the top of the chain and say, sort this shit out, and then just pass that down and get it done. Um, I find it incredible that businesses with, like, masses of money sit and they kind of claim that it's, it's impossible. We can't, it can't happen that quickly. Of course it can. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Of course it can happen quickly. You just choose not to, or it's got to go through so many hoops. Um, but obviously the government needs to maybe stop giving people so many hoops to jump through and say, mm. right, well, you need solar power, or you need to be you know, powered by something that doesn't include fossil fuels. And if they say, oh, no, it's like, well, if you don't hit this target in, in two years, we will fine you to shit, basically. And we will, you know, yeah. like a percentage of your overall revenue. But that's the thing is that it's about individual commitment. It's about everyone joining together and doing doing their bit and taking it with a little bit of, uh, you know, this isn't a pinch of salt sort of thing. This is genuinely life or death. And although death may not be coming for you at this point, moment of time, uh, because you might not see the effects, we'll see the arse end of it. Your children will and your children's mm. children will. And uh, why should it be fair that you lived in paradise and all your kids live in um, slums, basically? And I think one other point to bring up is this whole bullshit thing in Brexit of going on about um, immigration being a problem. And even media companies are jumping on it now, aren't they, as well? They're saying, you know, oh, the largest amount of immigrants to arrive. And it's like, well, that's only going to get worse, isn't it? And that's not just because, I mean, we're going to touch, I think, hopefully in a podcast soon about the afghanistan situation yeah and how potentially that, that that will feed into that as well but one of the key things is is that to complain about immigration in its current state where people are fleeing war or you wait until they have to flee something that they genuinely have that they cannot fight back yeah yeah i mean you know rise it's it's, it's incredible and, it, and it's, it's at this point where you know you will get people moved to countries because you know africa for example is already a very hot continent 
Um, but once that starts, the level of that temperature increases even more, and it's it's hosp- um, you know hosp- um, can't even say the words. <laughs> it, that environment gets more hostile. Um, it will get to a point where they, they people have to leave there as well. So you know, if you have a problem currently, if people come to your country because of war, which is a completely valid reason to leave a country, uh, then what 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 can you say when people leave because the world is you've literally destroyed the world. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> this this is the short-sightedness of the whole thing isn't it because and you can see the peril there as well in in terms of our country um particularly having um you know made this huge huge change uh, of of exiting the european union um the the problems of brexit going to pile up um and you can see that when it, when it comes to the next time we have an election is is the climate crisis going to be you know i mean clearly it was pushed off the agenda we had an election we had, you know we had an opportunity to you know think about the climate crisis in the last election well it, it didn't play any part whatsoever that it did it did crop up in the debates once or twice um to be fair to journalists uh, you know and and the hosts of those debates on the television um in in the television debates they did you know raise climate change as an issue for the the candidates to comment on but if anyone thinks back to the 2019 election um and you asked you know what what were the main what were the main issues in that election i mean the obvious one and the only one that people could really talk about was brexit uh now the problem is the the, the danger now because <laughs> that was supposed to be the election when we got brexit done we know that's a joke Brexit is not done, and is not going to be done for a long, long time. And and the danger is we're going to we're going to yeah we're going to head into the next election, whatever that might be. Could it be next year? Um, there's all kinds of mixed messages about it at the moment, but you know the the Tories are quickly uh, getting their candidates sorted out as we speak for you know for for any upcoming elections. So you look at it and think, well, it could be an election next year, but whether it's next year. Uh, whether it's 2023 whether it's 2024 um what are the odds yeah. <laughs> what what are the odds though what are the odds of you know climate change being the number one issue for the next election in the uk i would say not very good at all because brexit it, it's not done and it's still going to be top of the agenda whether we have it in you know in any of the next three years um, and that's the problem because we need to be it needs to be top of the agenda when it comes to the election because that is the most crucial issue that that we need to be you know it should be top of every every politician's agenda it should be it should be but it in this country we're we're a nation some people like to talk britain down uh, fair enough there's you know <laughs> i mean the country has to. been a bit of a joke but yeah. we're still a leading nation we're still one of the g7 um you know we, it, it doesn't matter you know you can talk britain down all you want but the fact is we are a leading nation and it's sort of our responsibility in that regard to be leading the world you know in these kind of areas and when you're talking about climate change um it's funny because one of the uh, one of the arguments i've seen because the climate deniers they 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 tend to shift their ground you know over time and it depends on you know uh you know who they're talking to or whatever but one of one of the ones that they now like to talk about is um how it doesn't really matter 
what Britain does uh, because you've got obviously China um, being the, the by far the largest um, uh, emitter of, of fossil fuels on the planet you know on, on a completely different scale so they like to say oh well it, well it doesn't matter what Britain does well it matters in the sense that because we're a leading nation we need to be leading by example so I, I totally refute that idea that that's it's not the case that it doesn't matter what Britain does it matters a great deal what Britain does and if we're going to be going through a series of elections I mean how long has Brexit been rattling on I mean it, re it reared its head okay uh, well 2016 we had the referendum so since 2016 essentially that has been the issue which has dominated throughout uh, and it's going to carry on and, and, and all that time that's happening um, we're not getting our house in order uh, in terms of in terms of um, you know making the right decisions and making the right investments um, and policies uh, to 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 really crack down and deal with climate change, the government has set targets. I mean, but the targets aren't good enough, and they're not moving quickly enough. I think that currently the government's target is still net zero by 2050. I mean, that does tally with what the IPCC report is saying that you know uh, if the world reaches uh, net uh, net zero by 2050 then we will see um you know uh you know a, a, a tapering off and then eventually reductions in um in in um in global temperatures um but but really again this is what i'm saying we we should be a leader so we should really now be looking at setting really really you know stretching targets we should be saying 2030 i think they've got a target for um uh, of 2035 for a 78% reduction based on 1990 1990 levels you know but that that to them is a super ambitious target we should we should now be saying net zero by by 2030 I mean, it might not hit it. it's maybe a stretch target but where's the ambition you know that should be the kind of ambition yeah. and if we were showing that kind of leadership you know as i say we're we're a, we're, we're a big player we're a big global player and that's how you know change will come and other nations will follow um you know when they see global leaders you know really taking it seriously um but i don't know like i say the way that brexit has dominated things i just i just feel very pessimistic about that happening uh i can just see us rambling on about brexit and climate change just you know slipping under the radar again until the next ipcc um report uh in the next five or six years that'll be maybe, the, but, that'll be the one that says we're dead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> literally but yeah. they, and this and this is this is the problem isn't it is that you know it's one of those issues that get swept under by loads of lovely bloody politics and infighting and and i think it's one of those things that it's, it's one of these bizarre things as well where people are are noticing the effects but they're almost not accepting it so like you know one thing you hear every year is people go oh bloody hot summer this year that was hot than last year wasn't it and then next year it's like, oh, it was hotter than yeah. last year. Bloody hell, it's been hot this summer. Why is it snowing in August? And it's like, that's clearly because the climate's fucked. Like, it's quite simply that <laughs> the Earth can't even regulate its own weather anymore. You mm. know, like, what? good question. Why is it snowing in August? Like, I mean, obviously that's not happened, but, you know, and people people sort of see these weird weather formats. You know, it doesn't usually go like this. Or like even my grandmother, you know, my nan used to say, you know, oh, usually our summers were summers. 
you know what I mean? And yeah. our winters were winters and things like that. And it's like, well, now I can't even tell the bloody difference. I mean, sometimes yeah. summer's got a bit of winter in it, a bit of autumn, a bit of spring. It's it's a big mishmash. And I think to, to, to visually see the effects and deny it is, is another big issue. I mean, mm. people go, oh, I don't care. I'll get a nice tan. But yeah. You think, you went, uh, your kids were I think it was a senator. A bloody crisp. Yeah. I, re- I read, I read, <laughs> I'm sure I read that a senator, some, you know, nut job senator or, or someone, it's a, a US politician of some stripe, um, said last, last week that, uh, uh, you know, people should, shouldn't worry too much about, um, uh, uh, global warming because they could always stay inside and put on the aircon. <laughs> yeah, which is ridiculous, isn't it? Just put the aircon on, that's right. Yeah. Even though it'd be melting under the mass temperature <laughs> increase. But yeah, I mean, I mean, in summary, other than all this fucking lunacy and ludicrous ideas that people come up with, the problem is, is it's when it comes to situations like this, everyone's an expert, aren't they? So they yeah. know what the fuck's going on, right? <laughs> what, 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 do, what do we know? What does anyone know? Yeah. Progress, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like we've touched on sort of most areas, really. It's not, there's not a lot to say other than, you know, I think the Extinction Rebellion were sort of labelled a bit as a terroristy sort of group. And yeah. I think, realistically, the Extinction Rebellion is a group of people that can see that what's happening is happening and they're trying to make a damn good effort to make people realize it and i think this sort of quashing of their their sort of um what their, their whole goal is is uh, is ridiculous because they are just trying to raise raise awareness and mm. i think basically it, it summarizes it like this really is that you know as individuals we've all got our own bit to do our own part to play um and it's important that we we ask these questions to people who are in positions of power um, because I think a lot of the time humanity acts like in this sort of democracy that it is powerless. And I think mm. some people do forget sometimes, you know, like for instance, in the UK, you've got a population of 66 million people, a government that's about what like a couple hundred people. And all these mm. people are telling you what is and isn't possible. And that is your money set in that bank account. No, mm. You know, that yeah. is your money that they've not generated that money. That is your money. And you're sat there saying that nothing, can change and it's like well you gotta want the change and if you want the change you gotta vocalize it and i think that's that's the key thing is that don't don't quash these groups that are out there trying to raise awareness and actually listen to what they've got to say listen to the science as you know science is the reason why most things that you have now exist and it's about taking it seriously not with a pinch of salt not worrying about what jan said on bloody facebook or <laughs> denise said on whatsapp it's about worrying about what scientists are saying people that have genuinely dedicated their life to to observing and you know studying instead of just reading a headline and going oh i'll share that and then yeah. you're going whoa it says here and it's like we you know and, and this is the thing that's key is it just take take what you will think what you will but ultimately this is a this is a, a, a something that's going to challenge humanity and it's going to push it to its absolute teetering edge and mm. um you can either be part of the change or you can be part of the responsibility really um yeah and that's that's it i mean i don't know if there's anything else you want to drop or whether you want to wrap I'm... it up there I'm I'm happy to wrap it up there. Yeah, I fully yeah, fully concur. My, my ice caps have melted in this heat <laughs> in this room. But yeah, so um, yeah, thanks for joining us. And obviously, next episode, I think we're going to talk a bit more about the Afghanistan, um, the impacts of obviously what's going on in Afghanistan. A uh, very yeah. different subject to this. Um, but yeah, hopefully that'll be doing these more on a bit of a weekly basis now. Um, and that'll be it really. So yeah, thanks for joining in. Yeah, that's it. Boom. Mm-hmm.